name is Claudia and I'm a composer eater. Hi. Hi, you guys, and I'm a sugar and a carb addict. Super grateful. Is someone timing me? We can. Um, yeah, I'd rather do that. And if okay. you can give me five minutes. Um, How much time? 20? Yeah, and you can give me the timer every five minutes just so that I'm aware. Because um, okay. I tend to talk. Anyway, so I, I came to OA, I believe it was 21 years ago. But um, man, it's been a journey. You know, I've been a compulsive eater since I was a little kid. I went to my first diet doctor, partly because my sister that was older was overweight. So I was like her pal, you know. Um, but I was younger than 10 years old. I went to my first diet doctor. And I remember my entire life just sort of having the focus of food. You know, I have this friend that we've been friends since kindergarten. And I always tell her that my first love was her microwave oven at her house because I didn't have a microwave oven at my house. Uh, and, you know, I just remember like, oh, my gosh, you just put this food there and you just wait like eight seconds and it's ready. You don't have to wait. Anyways, so, um, yeah, so I believe I've been a compulsive eater my whole life. And, um, you know, I came to program because I could no longer diet. See, like I was, you know, I went to my first diet, Dr. I-9, so I was like a professional dieter. I was really good at dieting. And um, I remember that when I got married, I had my two kids, you know, it just became too much. I could no longer lose weight and I panicked. And I was very, very depressed. I didn't get any professional help, but I wanted to die every day. So that's how I know I was really depressed. And I was very angry too. That's like a really sad part of my story because my little kids got a lot of the grunt of that part of the addiction, you know, that now I understand. And it was so helpful for me to understand that, you know, an addiction is a disease. And being able to look at compulsive eating as a disease made all the difference, you know, in the world. Because at first it was like, oh, I'm, you know, like, what? I have no willpower. I'm lazy. If I just exercise more, if I did this in moderation, you know, all of those solutions that were not going to work for me and, and never did work. And if they did work, they only worked temporarily. But what I learned here that you guys taught me is that this is a progressive disease that this is a powerful disease that on my own, I mean, I'm, I'm dead basically, if I try to do this on my own, and that this is a fatal disease, it's gonna kill me. You know, if I am one of those real compulsive eaters that the literature talks about, you know, of the hopeless variety, on my own, I'm doomed. It's only gonna get worse. So when I came to OA, I got to my first meeting and I thought I was going to be able to do it my way, you know, and, and then I learned that's another big characteristic of <laughs> compulsive eaters. We want to do things our way. And I didn't get a sponsor. So what happened to me is that I got better emotionally. You know, I no longer felt like I wanted to die every day. And that's huge, right? That was huge progress. And then two years into the program, I had a friend that used to go to my meeting uh, where I started away and she, I had not seen her and she had lost a ton of weight. And I ran into her at a store and I said, where have you been? I haven't seen you. Anyways, 
she told me she had been going to Oihau. And Oihau, for anyone that doesn't know, is a very structured way of working the program. It works for some people and it doesn't work for some other people. You know, and, and what I know today after being in program for a while, you know, is that there's as many ways to work this program as there are compulsive eaters. And oh, how for some reason really worked for me. You know, I was ready. And you know, that part of desperation that they talk about, you know, it's like desperation was a blessing for me. Because, you know, when I wasn't broken, you know, like totally broken at my bottom, if somebody would have told me to do what my first, you know, sponsor told me to do, I would have said, you know, you're crazy, right? But I remember being grateful. You know, I forget the time that she told me to call her the next day, you know. Um, but I remember being grateful, like, oh my gosh, I get to call her, you know, at 6.30 in the morning. Anyway, so that's, you know, I, I was ready. I was ready. And I... I just started working the steps, you know, that's what happened. You know, Oi How has guidelines when it comes to food and I still weigh and measure my food. And um, for me, the key with that has been the surrender portion, you know. And I know that, you know, for someone that can be something that makes them say, forget it, I don't ever want to go to Oi. But for me, it happened to be what I needed. So um, that weighing and measuring and that really giving up on trying to decide. I was not going to decide what my food was going to be. And um, it was a food plan. It was a food plan with very clear boundaries. And I don't know why I needed that. I'm not a very organized person. So I just, you know, it, I just don't understand it. I don't know why it worked. I don't know. Well, I know why, and it's because it's a higher power that do does this for us. If I would have tried to do what I had to do initially to recover, I, I mean, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't be on a diet for two hours when I was at the peak of my compulsive eating. I remember going to work every day thinking, okay, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on a diet, you know, after, you know, having beaten myself up all night the night before because I had, you know, overeaten all day and I remember just like at, by 10 a.m. in the morning like going into the lounge at work you know and just you know shoving whatever was in there that somebody had brought and you know with the program you know the structure was important for me but the magic happened with the working of the steps the working of the steps is what enabled me you know like the literature says, you know, we have a psychic change. It's like everything changes, you know. Somebody outside of the program, you know, they might say it's like brainwashing, you know. Uh, and I needed that because my mind was sick. And um, I studied mainly the AA literature. And that was super helpful for me because it very clearly spelled that compulsive eating is a disease that... You know, it's like a vicious cycle. You know, they call it, it's a merry-go-round. On one hand, we have the allergy of the body, which is that if I ingest certain foods, just like an alcoholic, and that's not for everybody. Again, this is only my experience. Some compulsive overeaters identify with that. So if I ingested my alcoholic foods, you know, which were different foods, unfortunately not lettuce, 
Um, <laughs> um, I was going to have that abnormal reaction, and the abnormal reaction is that I was going to just keep eating, probably binge because of the type of compulsive eater that I am. And the other part, you know, of, of the merry-go-round of the vicious cycle is the obsession of the mind, and the obsession of the mind is a persistent idea that no matter how many times, you know, I have binged on this food, you know, I was going to have this illusion that just for today, you know, just because, you know, today is Wednesday night and, you know, we're all sitting here together, I'm going to be able to control this specific food. And what I was taught when I was working the steps and, you know, in reading the AA literature is that what they talked about for the alcoholic when it comes to alcohol, you know, it's very well known that alcoholics don't drink, you know, in recovery, they don't drink. Well, they told me that it was the same thing with compulsive eating and that certain foods that I could not ingest even one of my alcoholic foods. And you know what? I don't know why I believed it. And then I went on to experiment a little more. You know, after I had been abstinent for like two years, I had lost weight. I was skinnier at a lower weight than I am now, I remember thinking I was cured. And of course, you know what happened. And what happened is that, you know, I relapsed. And I relapsed, and what still amazes me, you guys, is the denial that I was in. It took me a long time to realize that I was on a relapse, even though my food plan was so specific and so clear. Like, the justification of saying, oh no, but you know, that's okay, because blah, 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 you know? And I was gaining weight, and I swear to you guys, I kid you not, that I thought my dryer had a problem, and it was shrinking my clothes. And I remember sharing that one time, and somebody laughed and said, hey, it wasn't the, ref- it wasn't the dryer shrinking your clothes, it was the refrigerator. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And the only reason why I came out of that you know, denial is because one time I went to pick up my clothes to the dry cleaners and the dry cleaning lady just looked at me because I didn't go to the dry cleaners that often. She just looked at me and she just said, how come you're fat? And I'm like, what? I am? You know, anyways, and I was in a way I was like, oh my gosh, how rude and all of this part. And it's like, oh my God, yes, I am. I am, you know, and not only that, but I was miserable miserable. Is that? That's 10. Okay, good. So anyways, so, you know, it it just still baffles me when I look at my capacity to deny, you know, and my capacity to justify and my capacity to do the same thing, you know, that insanity of repeating the same thing, the same behavior over and over again, you know, over and over again. I could really relate to all the stories, you know, that they tell, talk about in the big book about, you know, oh, you know, I just drove by a restaurant and I went in to make a phone call, you know, next time, you know, I was having six drinks. It was, I was on my sixth drink or whatever, you know, or, so, you know, for me, I believe that my, my allergy, my reaction to alcoholic foods is strong. So I need a food plan that is very bland, that really works for me. Because even if I am eating abstinent foods, you know, I always say the deliciousness level needs to be about a seven. You know, if it goes over a seven, if it's like an eight, nine, and a 10, 
you know it's like i start becoming obsessed with having that experience again so it's not only the the ingredients for me but it's also the experience of swallowing and consuming that food it's just i just want it this past week it happened to me with one of the foods that is on my food plan you know and it's a very rich food and if i can mention foods i'll mention it but i don't know if it's okay but it's greek yogurt you know and it's like I was just like, I started like, oh no, I think I'm okay. And then it was like, oh, it's breakfast. Oh, okay, time for my Greek yogurt, you know? And then it was like, oh, I think I'm gonna have Greek yogurt for lunch too, you know? So I was still able to control it, but it was just, you know, living in my head, you know? Like, you know, like the dryer that's drying my clothes at home, you know? It's like, there, that there was the Greek yogurt talking to me. So, you know what? When that happens to me today, I just need to ask my higher power to please give me the willingness just for this one meal to let go of that food. And I was able to do it that one time. And then I asked, you know, for the next meal. And, you know, I was able to do it. And it's been like six days of not eating Greek yogurt. And I didn't overeat Greek yogurt because I weigh my food and I, you know, and I measure. But... I was definitely losing my serenity. So today I like to think that my food plan is a food plan for serenity. And anything that is starting to talk to me, sing to me, serenade me, I need to let go of. You know, that's just the way it works. Um, and as far as the steps go, they are amazing. I don't know if this is something that I naturally have, if it's my wonderful personality, if it's environment. But you know what? I, I am... I can tend to have a lot of fear. And what I've learned through the working of the steps is that, you know, fear is like the, the main fuel. And see, the thing with fear is that I grew up in an environment of a lot of fear. I come from a country that, you know, there's terrorism, there's like, like people there literally, you know, you open the glove compartment and there's a gun, you know, in the car. Like everybody has that, not everybody, but a lot of people. It's very scary. You know, it's a scary country. It's everybody's fending for themselves. So I grew up with a lot of fear. Uh, my parents would always worry, you know, and I think that that, you know, I was already a compulsive eater. You know, that was more fuel for the disease. But for me, fear and anxiety were normal. See, I didn't know. I was terrified all the time because that was my baseline, that was normal. But as we come into these rooms and we start working the steps and we start noticing and we, start, we stop running, right? Because I was always running, always doing something, you know. I couldn't even feel what I was feeling. And then it was like, oh, fear, yeah, and then fear, the chief activator of all our defects, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, and then, you know, self-centered fear you know and i have this image of you know coming into the world with my helmet you know and the helmet has all these little pieces in it you know and it just each piece is me 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 because you know that's just like a normal reaction any wounded you know animal you know when they are in fear they're going to react they're going to be fending for themselves and that's how i live my life until i work this program and i need the program every day i don't know if that is something chronic that i'll never be able to get rid of uh, but i need a lot of maintenance you know to move from fear to serenity from fear to trust in my higher power 
from fear to relying on my higher power, from that self-reliance where you have to fend for, for yourself, you know, to that God-reliance that, you know, really brings just peace. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I can let go of this. You know, if I can't do it, that means it's my higher power's job. And that I can only get by working the steps, you know what, for today. Every day there's a new fear. Somebody used to say the powerlessness, the jewel, you know, because there's always something, you know, at work, at home, in my marriage, with my kids, whatever, you know. So anyway, so I, this program, I really feel that it's the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave me, is that it? That's 50. It gave me, you know, I, I, I think of, not prescription glasses, but perception glasses to look at life completely differently. It's the same life. It's the same people. But you know what? I was terrified, resentful, angry, rageful before because I didn't have the steps, right? I was dealing and coping with life with food. But now I have the steps. And you know, and what are the steps? It's pretty much, you know, Trusting in a higher power, knowing I don't have the answers, you know. Um, a higher power, they told me the only requirement is that it's not you. That's the only requirement. It's a power, you know, greater than yourself. And then, you know, it's mainly cleaning house. I was thinking of, you know, seven of the 12 steps are about cleaning house. You know, starts with step four, all the way to step 10. We're cleaning house all the time. Step 10 is we're cleaning house constantly. It's like, oh, you know, I hate that guy. It's like, why does it bother me? You know, it's like, look in the mirror. Why is it causing a reaction? And it's been so incredible. The sponsor, one of the sponsors that, that helped me the most, she always used to tell me whenever I would call her and complain about someone, she would just say, which one is it? And what she meant is, you know, like, which one of your defects of character are being activated because that's what takes away your peace of mind. It's not that person. It's my reaction to that person. You know, if I react with my defects of character, that's what's gonna take my peace of mind. And it's like, what do you mean? You know, it's never their fault, but it's not about <laughs> your fault or my fault, but it's about, you know, seeking for that serenity, you know, and the serenity comes from, you know, just the working of the steps, the cleaning house, the getting rid of the fear, you know, having higher power remove, you know, that selfishness that comes out as a natural reaction. You know, if I think that, you know, I'm doomed, you know, I'm going to be, you know, holding things for myself and trying to make things go my way, you know, because I'm so terrified. But I don't have to do that anymore. But I couldn't see it. And you know what? Even though I know all this today, if I stop practicing the program today, it literally takes me, it doesn't take me more than 12 hours to start losing my peace of mind, to start, you know, complaining about, oh, yeah, look at what my husband's doing, you know. It's just, it doesn't fail. I used to want to graduate every year. I work for a school, and it's like, okay, summertime. And every time I try to graduate, you know, I lost, I lost it. And I didn't lose my abstinence, but I would lose you know, the serenity, I would lose the peace of mind. So so today, I don't want to graduate anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they say do service, you know, that's our cure. That's our main antidote. That's our step 12. Um, and I need other compulsive eaters. I call people every day. Uh, can I turn over a 10 step? Yeah, of course. You know, 
and I share because they say we had to quit the deadly business of being alone with our troubles. You know, that's the fifth step. So it's, you know, working the steps. After we work them, you know, a couple times, it becomes sort of, you know, I can make it my way of life. And it's a much better way of life than using food to cope, you guys, because the obsession, you know, the physical discomfort, I, I don't know if I mentioned that, but I was 70 pounds heavier than I am now. And just that obsession with the food, the diet, the scale, the body, how much do I weigh? Oh my God, I, you know, ate a meal. How much do I weigh now? You know, I had a haircut. How much do I weigh now? Anyways, so you know what? My higher power took all that. And I'm super, super grateful. I think that's, that's all I have. Um, yeah, I love my, my favorite pages from the big book is... Uh, 85, 86, 87, where it's all about just asking God to direct our thinking or asking our higher power to direct our thinking. I need that every day, every day. I need that every hour because I get ideas real, real, real fast. And I'm always certain I'm right. <laughs> but now I know that it's a delusion, you know, it's, it's an illusion, it's not real. And it's like I can, I can go back and observe myself and say, oh, look, there it is. Call someone or whatever. All right. Thanks so much, you guys.